My name is Amin Reina, and I'm an investment coach and founder of Sage Investors. And I'm here to do a quick mind map analysis of my decision to buy shares in Canadian Natural Resources, ticker symbol CNQ. It trades on the Toronto Stock Exchange and it trades also on the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, for those of you who are interested also, this video will appear in podcast format, so you can download it, uh, the audio version of this uh, video, through my website, sageinvestors.ca, or you can go to Apple Podcasts and down subscribe to my Stock Talk uh, podcast. Uh, just do a search on Sage Investors and you will find me. So feel free to come and subscribe. So for every stock that I look at that I'm considering buying or every kind of investment decision that I'm making, um, it's about asking questions. And what I do, what I've done is I've developed a series of questions. Every time I'm analyzing a company or a stock, uh, I ask the same questions over and over and over again. And usually by the time I answer these questions, there's about eight of them, I, should, I usually have a pretty good idea whether I want to you know, I want to buy the company or I want to sell or just avoid and walk away. So, so I'm going to walk you through those eight questions and how, how I answer them in the, in the context of uh, evaluating uh, CNQ. So the first question I always ask myself uh, every time I'm looking at a company is, you know, what do they do? What, what's their business? What do they sell? What products and services sell? do they sell? What is their, what is their value proposition? What makes them more unique compared to other, uh, other companies? So. Canadian Natural Resources, what do they do? Well, essentially they are, let me get this all good to go here. They are a oil and gas producer. And just to give you some context, they are considered to be the largest uh, producer in uh, Western Canada. Let's give you some numbers. On average, they produce 962,000 barrels a day. Or have the capability to do that, and have a total of nine billion uh, barrels of proven reserve. So they're they're a big player in the Canadian uh, oil scene. Um, in terms of competition, who do they compete with? Well, uh, their primary competitors are, they're a fair number, but the big ones uh, that they are most kind of aligned with uh, are companies like Encana, uh, Imperial Oil, which would be a parent of ExxonMobil, and uh, ExxonMobil. Uh, those are the big players, uh, the, the dominant global uh, oil producers. Uh, in terms of their customer, who buys, you know, ultimately who's buying oil? Well, ultimately we know uh, consumers of every stripe and, you know, industry. There have a constant, there's a constant need uh, for oil. It is essentially, you know, oil is essentially powering um, of the economy. So it's a com it's a basic fundamental need uh, we have to sustain our you know our economy, our standard of living. Oil is a big factor in that in a lot of the materials and goods that are produced and a lot of equipment that we use to 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 function. And so uh, that leads to a question is okay, this is who the customers are, but do they need this, do they need oil on a 
constant basis? Uh, is, it, is it a recurring customer base? Or are they just going to buy oil and gas once in a while, or do they have a constant need for it? And so the clear answer is uh, yes. <laughs> There's a constant demand for it, uh, um, but there are you know that demand is very sensitive to uh, what the um, overall economy is. It's very dependent on where uh, demand is. If there's a lot of demand for oil, chances are the economies are growing. If there's less demand for oil, economies slow down and kind of recessionary pace. So it's a very, in a way, kind of a bit of a cyclical uh, type industry that they operate in. Now, that's all well and good, but at the end of the day, we're investors, and ultimately we want to invest in companies that are, that are profitable, that are creating tangible wealth for their shareholder. So that leads to the next question that I'll always ask is, ultimately, um, do they make money? And if the answer is yes, then we keep going. Um, but oftentimes, when, if they're not making money, that's usually where I stop my analysis and, uh, and move on. So in the context of uh, CNQ, it's a little bit weird because the time I'm looking at them right now, they're, they haven't reported their annual earnings yet. And so if I were to look at their company's previous annual report, it's, it would be about 12 months old, so it would be fairly, um, fairly dated. So I had to kind of dig into some of their quarterly reports to get a sense of, of, of the company's financial position and also the growth, um, the growth that's going on in the, company, uh, in the business. So when I looked at the company's uh, revenues, um, revenue growth, it was coming in about, it was about 50%. There's been some really, really crazy price swings in the price of oil. We've had oil uh, in the past year has been around 70, and it's kind of plummeted down to the 50s where it has been. So um, the company has been making, uh, there's been a lot of volatility in the, in the company's growth rates. Um, so, but right now it's, it's a bit of an up cycle. So our revenues up in the last nine months are up over 50%. Um, if you look at it on a quarterly basis, um, revenues have actually uh, tripled. So it, uh, the, because there has been a, a, in the previous or earlier nine months, there was a bit of a pop in the price of oil. Um, if you look at the company's return on invested capital versus cost of capital, it's coming in about 9% versus 10% cost of capital. So what this tells me though is this is a company, even though oil prices have been somewhat um, low, lower, the company is still managing to create, you know, barely uh, tangible profit. And ultimately what we want to do, what we want to see is we want to invest in companies that have that ability to withstand shocks in, the, in, the, in their business and still be somewhat profitable. Because ultimately when times do turn around, and they usually do, uh, companies like this uh, will be in a good position to, to, to take advantage of it. So we've seen a rebound in terms of earnings, but uh, the profitability side of it is still, you know, it's, it's coming back, but it's getting better compared to where it was a few years ago. Um, the second area that I, I need to look at also when I'm starting to look at some of the numbers is the financial position of the company, which is looking at the company's balance sheet. And so when I'm looking at a company's balance sheet, there's a few areas I want to focus in. I want to focus on liquidity 
And that's looking at the company's current assets relative to current liabilities. And so their current ratio right now is, you know, approximately one. So it's it's adequate. They have they seem to have adequate liquidity. Um, the other area I want to look at is their their leverage, the amount of debt that they have relative to the equity that they have in the company. How much debt do they, are they carrying? Usually, oil and gas companies tend to have high levels of debt in their business. And so in terms of CNQ, they come in around 0.71 when you look at the debt equity ratio. And finally, the other area I want to look at in terms of in their balance sheet is the quality of the company's assets. Do they have a lot of goodwill or intangible type assets on their balance sheet? And when I looked at CNQ, they seem to have very minimal goodwill on their balance sheet. So, uh, so when I look at the fact of the matter is, it seems to be from a financial position, they seem to be okay. They seem to be a fairly, in a fairly strong, uh, fairly decent balance sheet, considering the amount of stress that, ha that has been going on in the industry. Next, so, you know, right now, so far we're looking at a company here that's kind of a best in breed producer here in Canada in terms of oil and gas. Um, they have a company, they have a demand set that's fairly, even though it is fairly cyclical, there is a constant demand for their product. They seem to have a demonstrated ability to create some tangible wealth, even in a, in a, in a depressed market. And they have a fairly good uh, financial position. So, so far so good. But like anything, we need to under, also have an understanding of, and just kind of have an awareness of potentially what could go wrong with this business, what could take this company down. And so we need to look at some of the risks associated with the business. Um, as I said, one, one risk is really there's a sensitivity. You know, the price of the stock is very driven um, to, to oil prices. So if oil prices are going up, chances are CNQ stock's gonna go up and oil prices go down, CNQ stock's gonna go down, just like other oil companies. Um, so sensitivity to oil price and sensitivity to, ec to the economic growth. That's another area. Another issue right now, too, is the whole concept of uh, trade, and you know, it feeds into this whole concept of the trade, uh, a lot of the trade trash talking that's going on is feeding into this whole um, impacting uh, potential economic growth. If, this, if the rhetoric and the trash talking continues, ultimately it could have an impact on economic demand and ultimately could feed into less demand for oil uh, commodities. So that's something we need to talk about. Another risk also right now that they're having is uh, there's logistics. Um, companies in Canada are having a problem transferring or transporting oil. Um, there's been a bottleneck in the pipeline side. And so it's, it's you know, the, uh, the ability of getting uh, product to market is hanging over the stock. And it's, in a way, it has, in a way, uh, depressed um, Canadian uh, spot oil and gas prices. So that's a factor too. Um, and if, as long as those bottlenecks are gonna be there, it could be a, a potential threat on the, on the company, on other oil and gas companies, including CNQ and their ability to, to uh, get uh, good pricing for their products. 
So there's a lot of risks out there right now um, that the industry is facing and CNQ is facing. But one of the things about oil stocks is they've demonstrated that they're really good managers of capital. They tend to keep very good, strong uh, financial positions. And they're in a business where there is consistent demand for their product. So I'll tell at the end of the day, this is all well and good, but you know, as investors, we want to buy stocks that are cheap. We want to buy stocks that we think are going to grow in value. So that leads really to the final question is, even if you like the company and you like their profit potential and their financial position, is the stock cheap right now or is it too expensive? So there's different perspectives to look at it. So right now, the stock was trading in the 49 range and it's been, and this is really what got me interested, it was getting into the mid to low 30s and that's really where it got me interested in saying, hmm, maybe this is an interesting time to buy low. It may be a company, the stock might be trading at a discount. If I looked at it from a relative valuation, company's got a P ratio of 11, it's trading 11 times earning, which is, which is low, which is, which is cheap. Um, when you look at it from a discounted cash flow perspective, um, there's, there seems to be, from the models that I've seen, there looks like there's about a 20% upside to the stock. Um, and really what's the factor of the wild card that's gonna kind of drive um, that can get that get the stock up 20% or even more is has a lot to do with US interest rates because the dynamic is and it seems like right now that the message is right now is they're looking to stop stop the hikes which really ultimately means that the US dollar could fall. And ultimately, historically, there's been an inverse relationship between the US dollar and commodity prices. So if the US dollar were to sort of stabilize or, or start falling a bit, that could put an upward pressure on oil prices. And ultimately, um, feed into the stock to, to start rising again. So at the end of the day, when I looked at all these, and so these are the questions that I answered. So at the end of the day, when I looked at all these, what jumped out at me is uh, CNQ sort of jumps out at me as, as a best in breed producer here in Canada, an oil producer in Canada. It's got a, it produces a product that is consistent demand. Um, it's demonstrated, and it, uh, although it is sensitive to changes in oil prices, it's demonstrated an ability to to create minimal tangible profit in a in a down market. It's got a pretty decent financial position. The balance sheet is, seems to be fairly strong. Um, there are stock risks to it, but there's a lot of sensitivity risks to it. And uh, ultimately, the stock right now is cheap. And so if interest rates were to st stop rising or were just to stabilize, um, I think that would potentially create an opportunity where US, the US dollar could fall and ultimately would feed into higher oil prices, which could ultimately feed into the, the stock of oil companies and specifically uh, Canadian Natural Resources to rise. And I think potentially, I think if this dynamic were to play out, that there is at least a 20% upside on the stock price. So when I factored all these elements in, uh, I said, you know what, this may be a great time to start buying into the, uh, to start taking a bit of a position in some oil companies. And from my perspective, it looked like CNQ seemed to be a, a best of breed. Um, 
oil stock. It's interesting that when I, I've also looked at some of the, uh, the Canadian ETFs, and uh, it's interesting how the Canadian ETFs have a large weighting in Canadian uh, natural resources. So to me, I, I look at it as sort of a, a core oil stock to own if I were to own an individual stock uh, in oil and gas in Canada. So when I took all these factors in, it seemed to scream out an opportunity to, to buy in to a company that I think is in a down cycle. Um, that's in a bit of a down, and where the industry is in a bit of a down cycle. So I think there is a lot more upside to the business right now than, uh, than there has been in a while. So ultimately, I decided to buy it. So there you go. So that's my uh, quick analysis of my decision to buy shares in Canadian Natural Resources. If you're interested in other analysis of other stocks that I've uh, analyzed in the past, um, that I've also bought into, um, you can you can check me out at on my website sageinvestors.ca, um, and also you can hear my podcasts. Uh, as I said, my podcast Stock Talk, you can find me. You can download them through Apple Podcasts, or you can again go to my website sageinvestors.ca. So, thank you very much for listening in. My name is Amin Reina of Sage Investors, and we'll catch you again another time. Bye bye.